Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. We're going to talk about playfulness as the remedy for anxiety today with George's friends from New York, Dr. Zoya Simohotskaya and Mike Moran, who's an ASEC certified sex therapist. They both work in sex therapy and we're going to be hosting them. So happy to have them with us. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. For a great personal lubricant, please check out uberlube.com. And use the coupon foreplay to support us at the podcast. Thanks. Lori, very excited today. Yes. We have Zoya and Mike. We have friends. We have friends, two personal dear friends and colleagues, and more importantly, leaders in the field of not only helping make great relationships, but great sex in those relationships. Yes. Right? They can go together. They don't have to be separate entities. So, so excited today to have their wisdom, to have their warmth, to have their laughter, and just kind of spend some time together to give you all our listeners the gift of, of their, their presence and their, you know, their, their ability to just make a difference in this world. So welcome, Zoya and Mike. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you for having us and doing this podcast. It's so needed. Oh, we are having fun doing it, and we're glad that you're with us. We know that you guys have been training the integration of sex therapy and EFT for a long time, and George and I were privileged to take your class. And we're going to talk a little bit at the end about the other offerings that you have, so we're glad. But today, um, we thought we would give you know, some ideas to our foreplay fam out there about anxiety and how it kind of interferes with sex. And I got to say, Dr. Zoya, you have the best name for a sex therapist ever. (laughs) Dr. Z, Dr. Zoya, that is like such a sexy name. So could you kind of start us off with how you are working with your patients and with therapists about anxiety and sex and what you see happens for people? Well, I think anxiety and worries are very much present when couples come in um, and saying that they're struggling with their sexuality in their relationship. It's one of the things, the first thing I begin to get curious about are, are when people are, you know, coming in and they're saying, we, let's say, we haven't had sex for years or you Mm. know every time we have sex we have fights about it right so 
I begin to get curious. What's, what is causing avoidance, right? Why are we avoiding being intimate, something that's usually pleasurable and exciting and can be so much fun? Um, people are avoiding because something is getting in the way, right? And anxiety and worries is one of the things that can get in the way. So I will start asking questions about what what kind of thoughts pop in their heads when they even imagine being intimate and getting close and being sexual, right? Or what how their bodies feel. What What is going on? And you hear all kinds of things. There's worries about, you know, am I attractive about myself? Am I sexy enough? Or there are worries about will I perform or will I, am I, Will I be good enough? Will I give pleasure? Can I really, you know, have that 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 wonderful uh, experience that I want to have? And if the answers to those questions are, oh, I'm not sure, then I tense up. And then I just want to go watch my Netflix show because, you know, there are no worries there. Um, That's safe. Right. Yeah. So you begin by asking them what's happening between them. And it sounds like one of the things you're really listening for is how anxiety starts to interfere with their pleasure, their communication, their self-esteem, all of that. Right, right. Or what kind of myth they have about sexuality and how it's supposed to be, all kinds of expectations of themselves and the partner that's based on how they grew up and the culture and the um, media and all kinds of things. So many things to explore. What about you, Mike? When a couple comes in to see you, what, what are you, how do you begin and what are you listening for? Sure. Well, you know, just to pick up where Zoya was talking about, one of the first things I do is I really start to hear the narrative of my couples and where they struggle in this place, you know, is. You know, there's so many, like Zoe was talking about, there's so many reasons why people get anxious, especially in long-term committed relationships with people we love, right? It's one thing, right. casual, anonymous sex, and I'm a sex-positive sex therapist, rock and roll, that's all wonderful. But, you know, it's a whole other can of beans when you're dealing, when you're trying to be sexual, when you're wanting to find, you know, how I ask my couples, how does your erotic engine get turned on and humming, right? Mm. And when it comes to... Great question. Right? And when it comes to, you know, doing that with your life partner, right? With your domestic partner, you know, one of the things, first things I'll say to couples is, look, you know, when we first meet, we're having sex with a stranger, right? In that limerence period, we're getting to know each other, all that excitement, what have you. We're having sex with a stranger. And then as we attach, we're having sex with a family member. Mm -hmm. And a lot comes into play there. <laughs> and when I, I say that, that, right? When I say that, their eyes kind of look at me like, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. But it's true. It's true. You know, there's, so there's so much irony that <laughs> as we commit and attach, that sex can be more complicated. There's more emotional connection and right. and feelings about exposing ourselves and yeah, uh, yeah. That's a really good word, exposure, right? Mm -hmm. And that's vulnerability to be able to truly expose our erotic self to our domestic partner. I just think all of us have have feelings about that. 
You know, so we have to go down and we have to really deconstruct the fear, go down into the fear and really learn about that, that place where, where you can really begin to eroticize this person that, you know, you've built your life with. Is it fair if we look at anxiety in a window of tolerance that's saying so much of the anxiety we see is too much, right? And it's really impeding the, the sexuality to desire. But there's also a certain amount of not knowing that's necessary, right? That that's, we're not trying to have sex free of anxiety, right? This, 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 this curiosity, this kind of not knowing is also what, what's needed to turn us on. So we're, we're, we're talking within that window, which, what, do you, what do you two think of that? Exactly. The window of tolerance. I, I kind of equate it, you know, the stress productivity curve where as stress increases, productivity increases, right? So they're in excitement, in sexual excitement, there's a certain amount of anxiety there that's exciting, that's titillating, that, that really awakens the body. But when it goes into the part of the curve where it starts to shut us down, that's where it works against us. Right, and, and I think sometimes the, the body gets confused. Uh, if we've had ex negative experiences or traumas, the body gets confused whether this anxiety is excitement that is good and useful mm -hmm. or it's like, oh my God, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about a continuum of from excitement to fear, anxiety spreads all of that. And some of it is good. The mystery, um, the anticipation, that is also a bit of anxiety, like George is talking about, but it actually adds to the sexual experience. Whereas as, we, as maybe we go to the other end of the continuum, that can inhibit us. My, my husband has a saying, he says, fear is excitement without breath. So it's like we stop breathing when we are too fearful. I don't know. I, I like that. It always makes sense to me. It's like it's an antidote for me when I'm too anxious to remind myself, breathe, you know, keep breathing. I love that. I love that. It, you know, it reminds me of Stella Resnick's work, who's a sex therapist in yeah, California, right? Her thing is all about the breath, all about the breath. I love I love that. I'm going to I'm going to steal that line. Yeah, well, he's probably got it from somewhere else, so <laughs> right, right. I steal it, so you can steal it. Yeah, Stella Resnick. Yeah, 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 yeah. What she talks about, I mean, you know, is it's it's the primitive part of the brain that sends the messages to the body, to the nervous system, right, to reorganize for sexual activity. But the primitive part of the brain has to be in alignment with the prefrontal cortex, right, with with our rational thinking mind when those two aren't linked up that's when fear and anxiety can kind of hijack our sexual response mm -hmm. i really like han Sele, the original stress researcher he would just differentiate between negative stress he called distress and positive stress you stress right. right and it just I, I so appreciate your starting off that way that it's not just about see it all stress is bad and trying to eliminate it but trying to kind of what it is distress we need to help couples with that Right. And we also want them to be able to see the opportunities for healthy stress. It's like your book, George, Sacred Stress, right? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, one of the one of the things that Mikey were saying earlier about the exposing and vulnerability around our erotic desires, but even the sharing of the fears and anxieties can be so difficult. So before we even get to managing anxiety, 
we want the couple to be able to talk about what the worries are and be able to respond to each other with what we need from each other to to feel a little either it's comfort or reassurance or whatever that we might need and i think that's that's the first thing that has to happen if if we can have a conversation about it we're already making a huge huge step forward in our sexual interaction. Our resolution, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love what you just said, Zoya, because it's that vulnerability of saying what we're anxious about and then being met with some empathy and compassion from our partner versus perhaps triggering their fear that, oh, if you, f- if you feel anxious about this, you don't want to do the things I want to do or you, you don't want to do it as much as I want to do. A lot of times the partner can kind of seize up and their anxiety gets triggered. That's what we call the negative cycle. And they can't offer back an empathic response, something that is with understanding and kindness and love. So the person who's first opened up with vulnerability, hey, this is what I worry about, isn't kind of met in that place. And the conversation is then short. So many partners protect the other partner from their anxiety to not hurt feelings. And, you know, and yet that's what brings in all this distance and, and, and walls that really start to rob the relationship of its safety, of its vitality. So we could have Zoya and Mike back for a whole nother podcast on that one. Right. But look, after break, let's come back and let's just talk about, all right, once we identify, we have these partners talking about their anxiety, what can we practically do to help them actually make a difference with it? George, I want to talk to you about UberLube. I've had two people call me about it that have started using it. And one of them was a girlfriend who said, I have menopausal pain. It was just a big problem. And she started using UberLube, no pain. And then a patient told me that she had pain intermittently with sexual intercourse. And she couldn't depend on her own natural lubrication. So she started using UberLube like I told her to every single time. Don't mm-hmm. trust at this point that your body will do everything it needs. Just use it. You know, it's fun. It's extra. She's using it. No sexual pain. Starting to really enjoy sexual intercourse. So I'm excited about this product. I have used it for years and recommended it for years to couples. It helps with the experience, especially if there's any kinds of problems and just for fun. That's right, Lori. Whatever we can do to increase our pleasure and connection, use all those tools and Uber Lube is a great way of enhancing that emotional bond. It's a good lubrication. And most people, it helps with touching right in the beginning. It's it's important to make sex as pleasurable as possible. So Uber Lube, you know, silicone-based doesn't stain anything. You want to wipe off your sex toys if you use it with that, though. And it's clear. It's a great bottle. Uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Got a G-spot for us? Here we go. When we don't challenge our beliefs with critical thinking, then polarization becomes inevitable. George, Valentine's Day is coming, and I am suggesting that you know, women buy this perfect package 3.0 from manscaped.com. You know, just a little hint for the guy to do his below the waist grooming. I like it. And the cologne is awesome. 
I know. I think it is so good. I've been telling my husband he should put it on in work days because it, it's, it's a good scent. And I'm kind of a scent person. It turns me on. I like it. Ooh. Doesn't take much, Lori. <laughs> yeah, that is true. But it's like woodsy, masculine. It's good. You know, pretty bottle too. Nicely designed. It's kind of got this dark square. So it's, it is very classy. It's called Refined. And I would say it is definitely refined. So nice. And, you know, you can get all kinds of things at Manscaped for grooming. Below the waist and above the waist hands. They do a good nail kit. All that. Grooming is much more than just being practical. It's being intentional. You want to get yourself in a mood. This is how we start. I like it. Okay. So order manscaped.com and use the coupon foreplay for a 20% off discount. Can't beat that. It's a great discount. So we're back talking about anxiety and kind of what the antidote to that is. And Zoya, I wanted to start with you. I loved some of what you were talking about that anxiety is in two parts. Some of it is we, you know, we feel anxious about our own performance, if we can give pleasure, if we're good enough. I I think that's pretty central for many people and the fear that our partner is going to judge us as inadequate in some way, not attractive enough. I mean, that that is a real showstopper. Yeah, I think those those two parts are always at play. I remember, I think you had Peggy Klein-Platz on your podcast, and she talks about the being, you know, this being sexual is such a such a challenge in a way because you have to be fully present in your body while at the same time be attuned pay attention to another person's body and that's not so easy right if sometimes we focus too much on ourselves and we lose the connection sometimes we focus too much on the other person and lose connection with ourselves so it's a it's a sort of it's a play um, interplay between those how how where am I in relation to myself right am I judging myself do I have shame about things do I am I inhibited am I you know worried about myself and or I don't know how to into sensations in my body I don't know my body right or my mind is going like over over time about kids or work or coronavirus or anything else, right? Politics, all of that is is happening inside me. Or I'm so hyper-focused about the relationship and like what's happening on your end. Uh-oh, you, you turn this way and today you lasted this long and tomorrow, you know, what is happening? And mm-hmm. so I think that that is, that's one of the things we try to figure out where, where it's more challenging and helping people to become more aware, more mindful first, to be able to have those conversations. There's nobody thinking about politics during sex, is there? (laughs) Well, (laughs) you'd be surprised. (laughs) One of the things you said, again, Zoya, is this, are people in tune with their bodies? I've noticed that the person who I kind of call as the sexual withdrawer, frequently what is happening in their body is almost so intense that they don't know how to manage that. And so they dial it down. They, 
They try not to feel the intensity. In fact, they're not staying away from sex because they feel nothing. They're staying away from sex because it makes them feel so anxious about the intensity. Maybe as they approach orgasm, you know, that is such an intense feeling that it just dysregulates them. And so they don't want to go there. That happens frequently with women that I work with who are anorgasmic, who can't have orgasms. It's really about minimizing what feels overwhelming. It's That's a really, really good point, Lori, right? The capacity to let go, the capacity to surrender to our bodies. And so many of us have feelings about that around really letting go. It's like we're, we're, we're clamped down, right? We have to kind of control our experience. And I think a, a real component, and again, Peggy's work, you know, reflects this, right? Uh, a very important component of gratifying sex is the capacity to to let go and surrender and be in the moment. And that can be challenging for many of us. It's really, that's a really good point. I love the spectrum you're both saying around either not enough. You can't surrender if you can't access any feelings. You're totally shut down or you have too much feeling. Again, we're in that sweet spot to be able to surrender. And I love the interplay between needing to attune to an other to connect. If you overdo it, you're going to lose that connection or you can lose yourself, right? And where it's, that's an inevitable part of this process, but how can you be present to just notice, oh, wait, I'm being too anxious and make those auto corrections, those pivots necessary to kind of reduce that anxiety. Well, and that's why I think, you know, the relational work that we do in sex therapy is so important, right? We help folks cultivate the capacity to remain connected to ourselves and remain connected to another, even in these places where, you know, where we don't want the same thing. And in bed, I think that's really important because we're always picking, especially with someone who, you know, we really love and we're connected to, we're always picking up signals around what we want and what they want. And, you know, let's say what, what, what our body's wanting to do is not what our partner's body is wanting to do. And then we get caught in that negative cycle. And if we're not able to talk about it, if we're not able to really process it, it'll lead to gridlock. And I think that's so often, you know, what's going on that then leads our couples into into our offices. Right. And it's it's this constant process, right? It's not this linear thing. We get tuned in to ourselves, to other, and then for the next whatever how many minutes, it's all good, linear, and we're simultaneous orgasm and we're done. No, that's not what the reality is. We will lose the connection sometimes with ourselves, sometimes with the other. It's how do we deal with that? Right? Can we kind of say, whoa, 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 slow down, what's happening? Or we make a joke, or we're like, whoa, this is too much for me. It's let, you know, we can have a quick conversation, or we can read each other's nonverbals and come back to the connection, right? And, and, and sometimes we take turns. Sometimes we, there's, there's a way to play, to interact that is more flexible, I, I would put it that way. That's where playfulness is so important. I, you know, in, if I'm going to help a couple shift into having more gratifying sex, 
I have to help them find a way to get playful with each other in these places that are anxiety provoking. And I start right in my office. You know, I was working with with a gay couple where he was talking about how they were in gridlock. This was a situation where, you know, they came in. It was a sexless, sexless marriage. Mm. And um, he was he was talking about how in this sexless place, he he literally felt like his well, I'll use his word. You know, he said, I swear, I think my balls have gotten smaller. My balls have gotten smaller. And so we got playful with this. And I was like, unused. Right, exactly, unused. So I, I had him walk. I'm like, okay, when you get up from my couch, I want you to walk around this office like you have pendulous testicles, right? So he gets up and he's strutting, he's doing his thing. And we all broke, you know, we all laughed. We were laughing. We were having a great time. But you know what? That session, something shifted. Some, it's bad. like, Right. Something shifted. Nothing really changed, but it was it was the way in which they were approaching each other in this place that shifted the energy. And that's a brilliant intervention. I think obviously you had a lot of trust with both of them that he would be willing to get into his body and do that in front of both of you. And I mean, I think that's an amazing intervention because it's live. It's right there. He's right. He's entering the more confident self, the more confident sexual self. So bravo to you. I think that's that was great. Yeah. I'm always trying to break down well, how did you get there? Right? What was the intervention? I think too often we try to create change by just giving advice. And that just adds more to the anxiety. What you're describing is a new experience, right? That playfulness you said shifted the energy, the gridlock. We have to help people have a new experience. And that's why playfulness can be so powerful in creating that change, especially around anxiety. It's a great example. Really, really true. Right. And you can't, it's very hard to be anxious and playful at the same time. Mm. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. When we are scared, we usually sort of, we get rigid and, and shut down. Right. The yes. less anxious we get, then then we can we can play. So we introduce playfulness to show there is there is another way. And in that spirit of playfulness, what we see is then folks can go into these deeper chasms where there there has been so much fear and anxiety and they can talk about this, you know, these these dynamics that have held them back in a different way. You know, so the, there's some again, George, right? It's that shifting the energy that all of a sudden they're 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 addressing what has kept them shut down in in a more loving, playful, uh, spontaneous way. The piece that I wanted to add that as we talk about playfulness in sexually bedroom kitchen, wherever we're having it, we can practice playfulness in other parts of our lives because sometimes you know we're such grown-ups that we forget how to play so i would really encourage people to to find play in other parts of their lives whether it's a hobby or doing stand-up or the playing games with you know their kids find a way what what where is that playful part of them right to to because then it will also come into the bedroom. We can't sort of totally separate our our lives from our sex lives. I, I think I like that it's you're talking about a process too. You're talking about discussion 
and conversation and hearing each other, more playfulness, and then even deeper discussion. It's like one thing leads into the other. We can't settle it all intellectually, know everything about each other, and then enter that playful place. It's actually the play adds to our ability to be more vulnerable. You know, so it's kind of part of the process is what I'm hearing you say. Right. And we can never fully ever, ever know each other because we don't know what we don't know about ourselves. And that we always remain a mystery. Right. We grow, we develop. So this idea that we can just know each other or we assume that we know each other, that's a little silly. That makes us feel, you know, maybe safer, but... That it's not the reality. You know, it brings us back to fear because I think as we attach, we tend to constrict in that way. We tend to start to cut off, right? We tend to we tend to kind of prune, and then in doing that, where's the mystery, right? It cuts off our capacity yes. to tolerate our mystery, to tolerate that place where we're ne we're never going to know ourselves fully, and we're never going to know you know, each other fully. And that's the beautiful journey of intimacy. But when we thwart that, of course, it's going to impact the sex. And the mystery is what can keep sex interesting with one person right. for a long time. Not, but, you know, knowing that we can't know them fully, that there's always more to learn about each other is, is really a beautiful thing. That's secure attachment, that ability to do that, right? To tolerate the space, to, to keep being curious with each other. And I just want to just thank you, Zoya and Mike, for really inspiring our listeners with the courage to face fear. Right? You can see that both of you see the opportunity in facing it and not running away from it. And, and, and then empowering couples to be able to repair, right? to be able to have these conversations that lead to new outcomes. And that's what we're in the business of. So listen to your anxieties. They're telling you something needs to change. It's just a matter of getting the help you need to, to put those change into action. I know one of the playful things that you guys did in the class that we attended was you had all of us therapists get up and dance for a little bit to kind of enter our bodies, to enter that playful spirit. Um, are you doing a class soon again for therapists? And what are you doing out there in the EFT world and for all therapists who are interested in working with sexuality and couples? Well, we are doing our Sex is a Safe Adventure workshop online again on April seven eight nine okay and that's for eft therapists who have have some knowledge some training about eft and want to learn more about integrating working with sexuality concerns in couples therapy and then for those because we've been doing this workshop all over the us and the world so for those who are already taking our workshop we're doing something new, um, an eight-session class. It's two hours each time to go deeper, which will include some case presentations, and that class will be more, more limited. So that's going to start on March 8th. Awesome. And can you tell us where we find you, your website that all of these classes are posted on? And I will definitely post it on our resource section and on this episode as well. The website, you can be reached by uh, www.realcouplesprogram.com or cpidnyc.com. And under the heading Sex and EFT Workshop, um, they can find both registrations there. 
Okay, awesome. We will right. post that for sure. And and Mike, do you want to, for the future, when the pandemic is over, you want to mention the Hold Me Tight uh, oh, right. website? So we, we've designed a, a couples weekend called Hold Me Tight, Hold Me Just Right, which is, you know, Sue Johnson's Hold Me Tight, which is developed to cultivate more emotional, relational connection. Ours is we're capitalizing on that. And but we've designed a weekend to address uh, the sexual connection. So we have a lot, and that's where we we have a lot of fun in that workshop. We we do a you know we do the breathing, we do the playful ball toss, we do the dancing, we do a lot to help people get in our bodies to you know because to just you know underscore that point. It is about experience. It is about getting making things more experiential that we have found really moves the needle with helping couples more gratifying sex. That's awesome. And we just know you guys as deep and passionate trainers and you are tender with your people and we appreciate the work that you're doing out there helping integrate the therapist world with attachment and sex therapy and all the work you're doing with couples. You People can also find you if they would like to do therapy with you as well. We'll post that on how to find you in you are based in New York City, right? Both of you. That's yes. for therapy. Okay, great. And near George, all your New Yorkers up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. It was a lot of fun. So let's play and use that as an antidote to anxiety. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep it hot. Very excited, Lori. Uh, upcoming couples retreat weekend. Great love, great sex. What an opportunity for couples to work on that sexual and emotional cycle. I know. I'm so excited we get to partner together to actually teach and share with couples. It's going to be on Friday, February 5th, and we're really encouraging you to take the weekend away together to do this material with us. We're going to have interactive parts talking about the emotional connection, the cycle, asking your partner questions. We'll have little breakouts. We're going to keep it fun, keep it hot. It's going to be a fast day. We'll start at 10 a.m. on Eastern Standard Time, February 5th. Great love, great sex. Find us on the website, foreplayradiosextherapy.com, and sign up. We don't give many guarantees, but if you show up for this retreat, you will have conversations you've never had with your partner before. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.